Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. There's a saying, or perhaps it's a curse. You know it, you've heard it before. It goes, may you live in interesting times. We may never know who originally said it or towards what end, but we do know that today, We live in interesting times. In a world beset by climate catastrophe, social upheaval, political instability, and war. Humanity, the earth itself, and all that live upon it are suffering mightily. It's easy to point to evidence of this suffering the almost 7 million people who have perished in the COVID-19 pandemic, millions of acres of land and cities burned to the ground, record-breaking heat, catastrophic flooding in North Africa, earthquakes in Afghanistan, the war in Ukraine, where civilian casualties on the Ukrainian side alone now top 27,000. And now, most recently, the war in Israel-Palestine, sparked by Hamas's barbaric act of terrorism, the slaughter of almost 1,300 Israeli civilians in the initial day of its incursion, and the taking of over 200 hostages. Like many of us, my mind has been preoccupied with the situation in Israel-Palestine, constantly seeking to understand what is happening and why. Given the complexity of the situation and the rapidly evolving situation on the ground, I've been at a loss for words, afraid of saying the wrong thing and inadvertently causing harm to my Jewish and Muslim, Israeli and Palestinian friends. Given that our beloved community is home to many whose lived experience of the conflict is so radically different, just what is a UU to do? Our history over the last 60 years may offer some perspective. As a people of liberal faith, we Unitarian Universalists have generally understood ourselves to be called to resist the oppression of marginalized peoples, to organize for social justice, and to safeguard the earth for present and future generations. While we don't always get it 100% right, we have done good work of which we can be proud. In the struggle for racial justice, we answered the call of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and we showed up in Selma. 
We have been active in the Black Lives Matter movement, participating in protest marches and proudly displaying the Black Lives Matter banner on the front of our churches. Here, in this sanctuary, an earlier generation burned draft cards to protest the Vietnam War. In the 90s, in the early 2000s, Unitarian Universalists advocated for LGBTQ plus rights and marriage equality. And our own Reverend Kim officiated the first state-sanctioned same-sex marriage right here in Arlington Street Church. While Reverend Fred Small, our Minister for Climate Justice, has been at the forefront of the movement to fight climate injustice and move the country away from its dependence on fossil fuels, Reverend John Gibbons, our Minister of Good Trouble, has worked tirelessly to help Boston confront its troubling entanglement with slavery. This work was and continues to be hard. But it seems Unitarian Universalists have found a way to arrive at a general consensus on how to engage with these issues and to have then developed frameworks of support for doing the work. What is currently unfolding today for the peoples of Israel, Palestine, and neighboring Lebanon, however, seems to me alarmingly immediate, urgent, complex, and deadly. Thousands of innocent civilians, Israelis and Palestinians alike, are perishing in this latest cycle of violence. And the strife is spreading beyond the immediate region, causing untold grief in communities for people throughout the world. And so, what is a UU to do? On October 13th, our leaders at the Unitarian Universalist Ministers Association acknowledged the need for guidance, indicating to our members, quote, we are keenly aware of the many multi-directional pulls that you are all experiencing right now. In other similarly complex moments of mass crisis and upheaval, for example, the murder of George Floyd and the 2020 uprising, the indigenous-led resistance movements at Standing Rock and Line 3, the Dobbs ruling overturning Roe, we at the UUA have been able to point you towards existing resources and build upon work and long-standing relationships in which we have been robustly engaged together for many years. In the case of issues related to Israel-Palestine, however, our collective muscles of engagement and shared understanding are not as well developed, either at the association level or in our congregations. Yet the issue is no less profound, personal, and traumatizing. It is important to name this reality so that we can proceed together with appropriate humility and care.
and because we have heard from many of you that more guidance and resources would be helpful, we are working quickly to create and curate tools for our congregations and our communities. We will share more specifics very soon." End quote. These resources will be most welcome. As we wait for further guidance and resources from our leadership, I thought it might be helpful to offer four of my own initial thoughts and reflections on how Unitarian Universalists might begin to constructively engage with the situation in the here and now, and how we might prepare ourselves for the work that lies ahead. First, let me say to the Jewish and Muslim communities who have been directly impacted by this war, we hold you in our hearts. I'm thinking also of the Lebanese communities living in mortal fear. That war will soon engulf them as well. No one who has not directly shared your experience can even begin to understand your feelings of grief, terror, anxiety, and rage. My hope is that you not feel pressured to somehow move through a healing process and arrive at some enlightened endpoint. I wish for you the time and the space to experience and move through these emotions. May you be gentle with yourselves. Judging one's own emotional responses to this tragedy, trying to navigate between conflicting emotional impulses can be painful and difficult. Consider Israeli author and activist Dorit Rabinian, the author of the 2014 novel, All the Rivers, a semi-autobiographical love story about an Israeli woman and a Palestinian artist. Rabinian is also a board member of several left-wing organizations opposing Israel's occupation of the West Bank. But in a recent interview with the New York Times, Rabinian stated that she had no room in her heart for the suffering of Palestinian citizens. I know it's not noble of me, she said. I know there is suffering on the other side, but the other side attacked so violently with so much passion that my compassion is somehow paralyzed. Take time, be gentle with ourselves, be compassionate with ourselves. Second, to friends of our Jewish and Muslim members, reach out to our friends. Let them know, I'm thinking of you. You are not alone. Ask, how are you doing? What can I do to support you? Just knowing that one is being thought of, prayed for, held and loved can be a bomb for the soul.
As this current cycle of violence unfolds, respect that some members of our community who are acutely affected by the situation may not be ready to discuss or engage with it in a public setting. We are all in this together, holding and supporting each other as best we know how. The path forward in the wider world through meaningful interfaith dialogue may not yet be clear. But as we wait for the current cycle of violence to ebb, we can prepare the way. Third, read, read, read. It is up to us as individuals to educate ourselves on the history, nature, and current state of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Without a firm understanding of what has come before and what is currently happening on the ground, it is impossible to discern a way forward. The responsibility to educate ourselves is a personal one. It is unreasonable and potentially harmful to turn to friends in the Israeli and Palestinian communities who are tending to their own needs and expect them to educate anyone on the situation. Fourth, when I say read, 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 I do not mean Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Be cautious of engaging with social media on the current situation in Israel-Palestine. As we have come to know, social media thrives on conflict. Its algorithms feed us more and more content that they think we support. It has a way of leading us down the rabbit hole and stoking grievances, often on a poisonous diet of misinformation. If we are not careful how we engage with social media, our feeds can become filled with hateful screeds from bad actors. Another danger of social media is that by engaging with well-intentioned posts, we may unintentionally cause harm to those we know and love. Amplifying posts that appear to offer simple support for a particular position, such as, I stand with Israel, or free Palestine, can easily be misconstrued. For example, while I stand with Israel can be understood as I believe in the right and the obligation of the state of Israel as a sovereign nation to defend itself, it can also be understood from a Palestinian friend's perspective as a callous disregard for the atrocious loss of civilian life as a result of the Israeli government's siege and bombardment of Gaza. While free Palestine can be understood as supporting the establishment of an independent and sovereign Palestinian state, from an Israeli friend's perspective, 
it can be perceived as overlooking the heinous acts of terrorism employed by Hamas that resulted in the greatest loss of Jewish life since the Holocaust. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is far too complicated and nuanced to be totalized or reduced down to simple slogans. It is possible to both support Israel's right and obligation to defend itself and to be critical of the Israeli government's conduct of the war in Gaza. And it is equally possible to support the Palestinians' right to their own sovereign state while condemning Hamas's heinous acts of terrorism. As we all educate ourselves, it is important to remember not to conflate Hamas with all Palestinians. Hamas is a terrorist organization that controls Gaza, home to over two million Palestinians who have been under an Israeli land, sea, and air blockade since 2007. While no elections have been held since 2006, polling in 2023 indicated that a majority of Gazans were opposed to breaking the ceasefire with Israel. While living conditions in Gaza were intolerable before the terrorist attack this month, now under siege and bombardment, it is hell on earth. My friends, we live in interesting, dangerous times. While we don't always get it right, we do our best to answer the call of love. If you are directly impacted by the situation on the ground, take care of yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. For those less impacted, reach out to Jewish, Israeli, Muslim, Palestinian, and, lesbian, and les Lebanese friends. Both. Let them know. I'm thinking of you. Ask, how are you doing? What can I do to support you? Let's educate ourselves. It's vastly complicated. Read, read, read. Be cautious of engaging with social media. It's far too easy to inadvertently harm our friends. Together, we seek a way forward in our beloved community, finding a way to heal ourselves and then to engage in the issues in the larger world. I'll close with some recent words, a prayer, really, from Unitarian Universalist Association President, the Reverend Dr. Sophia Betancourt. Beloveds, I invite you to stop what you are doing if you can and sit with me in the depth of this tragedy. How to reconcile the cost of occupation and war. How to nuance two very real histories of oppression and violence. I'm holding close the words of UN Middle East Peace Envoy, Tor Wenisland, who said, this is a dangerous precipice. 
and I appeal to all to pull back from the brink. We as a people of faith can condemn violence against civilians while at the same time engaging the full legacies and histories of oppression that shape such a devastating conflict. As a faith tradition, Unitarian Universalists have long worked for peace and our principles and values call for the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. I pray for the people of Israel and Palestine. I pray for leaders around the globe who must respond to this latest flare of violence and the untenable ethical considerations that abound. I pray for Muslim and Jewish UUs who experience the impact of this long strife acutely. I pray that those of us less likely to know the trauma of unending brutality and harm will not turn away from generational loss, from the devastating realities and their root causes, and from the relentless tragedy of war and occupation. Be gentle with yourselves when you need to be, but do not turn away unless you must. We are one global family living tenuously on the same human impacted earth. Let us center ourselves in justice as we call for peace. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. These are the words from American singer-songwriter Bob Frankie. What can we do with our days but work and hope? Let our dreams bind our work to our play. What can we do with each moment of our lives but love till we've loved it away? Love till we've loved it away. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.